1: With your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. By fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is March 20th, 2023. We're recording this Sunday night. Well, I guess it's actually Monday morning now, uh, about quarter to one, Luke. I don't know about you, I'm exhausted, and there are 10 games left in, I guess we shouldn't even say regular season, it's most likely, overwhelmingly, 99.9%, 10 games left in the Magic season, Mm -hmm. how we doing?
2: Before we started recording, producer Kevin said something to the effect of, I, October is so far away. And his, he was saying, like, he's ready for the next season. And he was saying it in the sense of, like, Magic are going to make the playoffs. It'll be an exciting season. And you and I were both like, no, we're good. Like, it, we'll take our, our few months of, of no Magic break. basketball. I need a break. It doesn't help that, you know, this we're coming off. This reaction was given off of an, an L that we took. West Coast road trip, 930 Eastern tip. Knew it was going to be a late night. Just like, after a loss like this, I'm like, no, we can, we can wait. We can wait. I'm, I'm all right with waiting a few months here and just doing our thing, recording twice a week and having nothing else at night. It'd be nice. Cause that's the thing, Jonathan, you and I, yes, we record twice a week, but if there's a magic game on, we're watching the magic game and they don't always fall on the same night. So that's like more than a half to more than half of our week filled up by the magic
1: there's a few a few weeks throughout the season where it's like we're busy five nights of the week Mm -hmm. with the magic
2: yeah they occupy a lot of our time couldn't even make the playoffs for this this year frustrating (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) looking at the season luke like to me i don't so much mind recording wednesdays like after games Mm -hmm. also typically we're not playing a west coast game on a night that we also have to record i think this only happened one other time this season i think so but looking at the rest of the season i was like man how many other like how many weeks do we have the rest of the way where we have to record after an Mm -hmm. episode we play every like we play the next three sundays now Sunday, the twenty sixth, at home versus the Nets. At least they have, you know, the the decency to play that game at six o'clock. So we're going to be recording at like what nine nine thirty at the latest. Yeah. The following Sunday, will be at home versus Detroit again. That's a six o'clock tip off, and then nice. the following week we play at Miami. That's a one o'clock tip. So, I mean, nice. we'll probably want some time, like in the afternoon, to kind of do stuff with the families. But theoretically, we I could record. Like early afternoon, but we'll probably be that night. I don't know. We'll It'll talk about what night. we want to do. But yeah. yeah, this like these trips, these West Coast road trips, especially when the games coincide with our recording schedule they suck and then you lose. These are like the the, the hardest times to sit down and talk about this team, which we're going to do. And before we start recording, just because like, all right, it's another kind of you know clutch loss where, you know, five points less than five minutes to go. I wanted to look at, you know, just like the Magic's record on the season in clutch games. So they've had 38 games so far this year that qualify for clutch minutes. Again, this is any game where with five or less minutes to go, the uh, you know the point deficit between the two teams is five points or less. The Magic are 16 and 22 in those games. And this is what really was, was pretty striking to me. All teams in, you know, clutch minutes, The Magic are 14th in offensive rating with a 110.5, which means for every 100 clutch minutes played, the Magic are scoring 110.5 points. 14th in the league. Middle of the pack, not that bad. I'm happy with that. Defensive rating, this was shocking to me. The Magic with a 123.1 defensive rating are 29th in the league, Luke. They are only above the Detroit Pistons in terms of clutch defense this year. That is atrocious.
2: Can't keep them hands to themselves. Usually, the I issue. feel
1: like, oh man, we we just couldn't get a bucket. Like, but it's we right. we, we get buckets, but we can't get stops down the stretch, mm-hmm. and that's really concerning with a, a team who, on the year, nineteenth in, in defensive rating. Before we started having these injuries after the All Star break, you know, we were going you know, two months, two plus months with hanging around being a, a top 10 team in terms of defensive rating, like in that, that span of games. So really frustrating to see that it's definitely concerning with a, a, a defensive lineup. You've got Wendell, you've got Franz, you know, you've got you know Gary Harris most of the time on the floor at the end of the games, you've got Markel Fultz, like you have competent defenders, Paolo is probably the worst defender in the starting lineup. And on the ball, he's he's solid off the ball. There's some questions and that reared its head, you know, tonight. Definitely uh, with that late rotation, Austin Reeves and fouls him on the three. And, you know, at that point, the game was pretty much over, it felt like. Mm-hmm. But this team should be so much better defensively, especially down the stretch of games when you just absolutely need stops.
2: Yeah, and it's also just one of those things that that's this comes with being young, knowing when to, and we'll talk about this obviously, and I'll probably reiterate it because it is what pissed me off most tonight. Some people were talking about the Markel foul, whatever. Austin Reeves getting that shot with the shot clock winding down, off balance, like you—if it goes in, it goes in at that point. You cannot, and under any circumstance, foul, and. I don't know. It was just aggressive. He's done that before this year as well. I think it's just to him being a rookie, understanding situationally when to do things like that and when to not. Um, but there's no circumstance where you contest that hard with the shot clock winding down in that scenario. I you live. Well, with look it at if the Phoenix
1: game. Look at the Phoenix mm-hmm. game. You give up a four point play at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, I think it was. Was it campaign? Mm. Somebody somebody got fouled on the on the Suns in the first quarter. I think it was Cole fouled at the end of the first quarter, turned into a four point play, and then Markel Fultz like sticking the knee out and draw like committing a foul, a, a three point foul. It would have been more than a half court shot. Like those, it's never going in, but yet you're giving up three free throws. So you give up seven points in that Phoenix game at the end of the first quarter and at the end of the the second quarter. And you lose that game by three. You don't have those fouls. You probably win the game. Mm-hmm. So it's an issue. Oh, man. It, like this team, 30, 38 clutch games. You're 16 and 22. Not fantastic. And it's a young team. I know we're talking about that. We've talked about it all season long about this team learning to win. And in some respects, they have, you know, getting healthy bodies back, massive help. Starting the season 5 and 20, and you're what? 24 and 23 since then. So essentially 500. This team has made strides this year. It's been encouraging to an extent, it's been very frustrating to an extent. But this team just isn't there yet. I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah, very fair. You needed to lock in the you know the, the last, what was it, 23 games we talked about after the All-Star break, and they just weren't able to do that. And, and now we're going to – let's go through the state of the Magic because the state of the Magic is really going to lay some of this stuff out, like just how far away they are from abs- actually having a chance at the play-in now. So the Magic went 1-3 on the week, bringing them to a record of 29-43. and 43. They have the fifth worst record in the league, 13th in the Eastern Conference. They are now five games back of Chicago with 10 games to go for the final playing spot. They're three and a half games back of Indiana, who's sitting at 11, three and a half games back of Washington, who is sitting at 12. Offensive rating. Now going into Sunday night, as of 1253, NBA.com, for whatever reason, has not updated and now they have, of course. So let, let me let me scratch what I have here. So they have an offensive rating of 111.5, 26th in the league. And they have a defensive rating of 114.2, which is good for 29, uh, I'm sorry, which is good for 19th in the league. And then overall net rating, negative 2.7, which is good for 26th in the league. So Luke, five games back now. 10 games to go of the Chicago Bulls, who in their last 10 are 6-4. and four. They're on a two-game winning streak. You play the Washington Wizards on Tuesday, who threw two games against the Wizards this year. The Magic have lost by an average of 19.5 points. It's been an absolute defensive nightmare. Daniel Gafford and Chris Porzingis have just destroyed Orlando's big so far this season. Jonathan Isaac's still out. He's out for the rest of the season. Jalen Suggs has been out the last couple of games with a concussion that I guess he suffered Thursday against the Phoenix Suns. I don't remember the exact play that that occurred. But if you're a Magic fan and you've paid any attention to this team this year, Jalen Suggs hits the floor about 17 times a game. Mm -hmm. So it could have happened at really any point. Is he going to be back Tuesday? Don't really know. But, yeah, I mean, Washington has just really kicked our butts all season. And as we go down the stretch here, you know, we're, we're getting pretty good shots from teams. You know, the Suns trying to hang on to home court advantage. The Clippers trying to gain home court advantage. The Los Angeles Lakers, who with their win tonight, right now they're in the plan. Like, they, they desperately needed this game tonight. Washington is going to desperately need that game on Tuesday uh the Knicks, I think looking at the standings the Knicks uh I mean, they still We're have half, an half outside half chance of Cleveland. getting to four yeah. and gaining home court advantage you know in the first round uh Brooklyn Memphis, then you play Washington again like these next five games are all teams that are that that they need to win games to stay where they're at in the standings or improve in the standings it's it's not looking
2: good, Luke. Doesn't look good. Uh, all the teams you play this week as well. Um, you've not beat any of them this year. So um, whether that's, you know, the game Tuesday, right, against the Wizards, the Knicks have beat you twice. Uh, the Nets have beat you the one time you've seen them this year. You haven't beat any of these teams. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's going to be an interesting week see how they do. And like you said, these teams are playing for something. And the Magic, I mean, they're not playing for anything but momentum to build into next year at this point. So, and and building, winning, and whatever. But, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they fare. I I can't say that I'm super confident about this week. But I do have to give a lot of
1: credit to Jamal Mosley. Like We saw this all last year, you know, 22 and 60. Until the final game, team is playing super hard. Mm-hmm. You're still seeing that out of this team. I think the belief that they're they could or will make the play in is definitely starting to wane. You're not hearing them talk about it nearly as much as they were even a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. But all that I want to see the rest of the way here is just this team play with a purpose. Play the way that they need to in order to win games. Like, whatever, they lost tonight, but they fought and they did they did enough to win. I felt like in this game, a couple of plays don't go your way. Obviously, the fouls at the end were killer. But I don't want to see any more like us giving up 130 points and you know losing by 10, 12, 15 points. I don't want to see any of those for the rest of the year. Team isn't going to be perfect. We know there are real holes and real flaws on this team. But as long as they can fight hard enough to keep these games close, not playing perfect basketball, but giving yourself a chance to win, Like down the stretch, Franz hits that three. I'm in a much better mood right now. I I can certainly tell you that. The Magic probably go on to win the game. But yeah, just bonehead decisions down the stretch. Franz probably didn't need to take that three. Still had plenty of time to make something else happen. It just got to the rim to play before. But I know Anthony Davis, you know, in the game. We're talking way too much about this Lakers game. First of all, we need to go ahead and thank the folks that helped make every episode possible. Our patrons. If you haven't heard about our Patreon community, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. If you want to help financially support the show for $2 a month, plus some other tiers that we have available, you can help support the show. We shout out our brand new patrons whenever we have them. So if you join our Patreon, you'll have a shout out on our next episode and then our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons. We shout all of them out on every episode that we have. This list is up to 58. So let's go ahead and get it started, shall we? Shout out to the court cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Willful, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch, Davis, Not Okay Kay to Say Okiki, oh, Pierre A, Migzores, Nostalgia, and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Duddo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquieland, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN really sucks, gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freak and Shahin 177, Bulby the Don Himlo Ban Himro, R improv 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Let's Bank, Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, Fuego Nando, Phantom Wolf 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Bull Bull, his first name is his last name. Again, if you want to help support the show, find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, Suns game Thursday night, first time the Magic get a look at the Phoenix Suns with our buddy Terrence Ross, first time since Terrence Ross was waived by the Magic and then signed with the Phoenix Suns, no Kevin Durant uh, for the uh, Phoenix Suns, I almost said Brooklyn Nets, but he no longer plays for them obviously, my mind is, is playing tricks on me here. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a this was a, a close game, really back and forth. Uh, great game, Markel Fultz, twenty five points, seven rebounds, nine assists, almost a triple double. Sixty four percent from the floor. Wendell Carter, sixteen points, seven of eleven from the floor. Just really a great offensive performance for the Magic. They shoot fifty percent uh, from the floor in this one, uh, but really just down the stretch. Terrence Ross hitting three free throws or hit hitting his free throws to give them a, a three-point lead, I should say. And the Magic get a, a pretty good look at the end there. And Josh Okogi makes a great play on Paolo Bancaro. A lot of people try to argue that it was a foul if you go back and watch it, uh, like the, the sideline view of that. Josh Akogi makes contact with the ball just like a fraction of a second before he makes contact with Paolo Bancaro's forearm. And yeah, clean block, Magic lose. Again, we talked about teams that desperately need wins the phoenix suns needed this win quite frankly the magic needed this win as well if they wanted to keep their postseason hopes alive but the phoenix suns are a team that once kevin durant gets back hopefully to start the playoffs or a team with playoff championship aspirations veteran team chris paul devin booker those guys made plays down the stretch and it was enough to beat the magic
2: yeah i'm Listen, things just don't, like, little things don't go your way in this game. Phoenix gets the free throw line uh, 17 times, but the thing is, they made all of them. So there's your big differential. The Magic shoot a good, like, 19 of 23 by all means, but other teams shoot 100%. It's tough. Um, The other thing, fast break points, just kind of looking down the the rows here, fast break points, the Magic have 26 in this game. The Phoenix is 2. So there was, I don't know, just some weird outlying like differentials and stats here. The Magic out-rebound Phoenix by 12, four more offensive rebounds. I mean, the Phoenix Suns on paper don't do a whole lot better than you in this game except make all their free throws on less attempts and shoot the three ball better at 37% to your 28.6. So, I've heard um, this song before. Yeah, I, it's it's frustrating, right? But but it is. I mean, listen, Phoenix is a great team with or without Kevin Durant. They were before the trade. It was a great team, and this is a team that has experience. They built it um, in Phoenix. They're twenty three and twelve at home, and that sometimes the team is just better than you. I'm just proud that you know they fought down to the wire. Markel faults sensational. As we know, 25 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. Playing out of his mind on great efficiency, 11 of 17. He was the most impressive obviously in this game for the Magic. And it you know, continued on to the next game too.
1: I thought one of the biggest differences for Phoenix was campaign coming in mm-hmm. off the bench. 18 points, 7 of 12 from the floor, 3 of 5 from behind the arc. Added 2 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal. Uh, especially in the first half was just killing the magic he's done it in the past and did it in this one but yeah it just comes what this really came down to was you know phoenix shoots 35 threes the magic take 28 and they make 13 and the magic make eight so attempting i was just listening to uh, i think you listened to it as well jj reddick's most recent podcast with dame yeah and they were just talking about like the uptick In three-point volume over the last ten years, and it just comes down to a math game. Like even if you're relatively efficient, you know, shooting twos, if a team is able to shoot, you know, thirty-five to forty percent from the three-point line, you just get outmathed. And and nowadays, if you can't make a decent clip at a high volume, you are not going to have a chance to win in a lot of these games. And and that was really the case. Phoenix just a better three point shooting team, took more, made more. Magic yep. won in a lot of the other categories that you highlighted. Yeah. And now we're coming back to hey, let's add some shooting this offseason, whether that's through the draft, whether that's through trades or free agency to maximize Markel Fultz, who we're going to talk more about in a little bit, to maximize the future of Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner as they continue to evolve as on ball threats, but also as playmakers, you know, making other players' lives easier, having shooting around you allows you to do that and then just kinda is going to open up the offense as a whole. So it is what it is. Like you said, better team. Came down to a couple of plays in this game. You know, it, it sucked that it was Terrence Ross who uh goes to the free throw line and essentially ices the game for the Phoenix Suns. That kinda hurt. I, I messaged him before the game, I'm like, hey man, like show out tonight. Like I want I wanted him to have a good game. And then right after that I mess I'm like, bro, I, I didn't mean like <laughs> Ice the game. I wasn't talking mm-hmm. about that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh which he yes. says hello to all the boys. So uh yeah, it just sucks to to lose that game, but it really came down to a couple of plays. I was desperate for for Paolo Bancaro hitting a, a buzzer beater there, push it to OT, but Akogi makes a, a great play and it uh was not meant to be.
2: Did you uh what'd you make of Mark Fault on untying Terrence's shoe in the well that was fantastic? Uh, Incredible. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and I credit to the that. rest. I don't even know if they noticed that, but right. just let boys be boys. Sometimes hard
2: not to because Terrence kind of stumbled after that. He tripped over over. Oh, it yeah. when he did it when Markel did it. Markel my had to like really was, yank
1: at the shoe. Yeah, my my
2: my favorite part was everybody on social media that was like Phoenix people that just like don't understand, and they're like, "That's so that's dirt." I saw like a lot of like, "That's dirty." He can't do that, and it's like. They're boys. He can do whatever he wants.
1: Yeah, like shut up. Parents like, are cool with it. They are on the same team together for like four years. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you forget where your where your boy just came from?
2: Yeah, they forget. They
1: I had a forget. boss. I had a boss once. This is going back to my days where working at the eye clinic, where I finally got to work for one of the doctors that I I really admired, and I was joking with one of his like head assistants at the time. I was like, look, I'm I'm on the I'm on the team now. What's up? And she told me, she's like, listen, she's like, you may work with this doctor one day and you may work with this doctor in a capacity similar to what I do now, but you will never, ever replace me. (laughs) And I'm saying that to the Phoenix Suns. Terrence Ross may play for you guys for a long time. He may play a a role, some capacity to what was similar to what happened in Orlando, but you will never replace Orlando Phoenix. I don't care if he wins a championship there. (laughs) He is still our guy. Right after he signed there. I commented on something, some like Phoenix post. I think it might've been like the Suns' official Twitter. And I commented from our account. I said, be good to our boy. Mm-hmm. And and then a Phoenix Sun comments. Like, I understand. He's like, I think you mean our boy. And I was like, Oh, okay. I see how this is, but you know, it'd it be like that sometimes, <laughs> but we lost to the Phoenix suns. So let's talk about this game, this Clippers game. First of all, There's some folks that I want to give a very special shout out to. One of them is one of our patrons, Fuchsia. Our boy, Manny, who does like all of our social media, like video clips for us. The dude lives in Australia, flew to L.A. for this weekend to watch the Magic take on the Clippers uh, to, to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Our boy Jonathan Zaner was out there. I know our boy on Instagram Mac Dizzle was there, uh the loud bald guy was there this weekend as well. Watching this Clippers game on TV Saturday night, there was like a a like gang of magic fans behind the magic bench and it was so fun to watch them throughout the game, but especially like late in this game as our guys were like making plays on like the defensive end and uh seeing some of the videos that have come out since then like Uh, Fuchsia put out a video of uh, whoever was with her, one of her, I don't know if it's a friend or or family member, but uh, I believe this gentleman also drove with her to the Sacramento game earlier in the year that Fuchsia Mm -hmm. went to, but videotaping Franz hitting that three, you know, in the last minute against the Clippers and then seeing, you know, Fuchsia's reaction to that, just really, really dope. Like all the way on the other side of the country, seeing Magic fans kind of show up and just kind of have this community out there as well was really cool. So big ups to you guys for for going out and showing out. That was a lot of fun, Luke. But this game was a lot of fun. You know, the Magic mm-hmm. have a, a lead early uh, and then down eight going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Cole Anthony has an awesome fourth quarter, a, a great start to the fourth quarter. As a matter of fact, seven points in the fourth from Cole Anthony really helped the magic get back into that game early in the fourth. And then the rest of the fourth was Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter Jr. twelve points apiece in the fourth. We talked about Franz with the big three down this stretch. Uh but the play of the game to me was that Russell Westbrook drive in the final minute. Wendell goes up both hands, thus him at the rim, outlet pass to Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz goes down the other end and and, and gets the layup. To me that was like the epitome of of this game and and this uh, the fourth quarter, especially talking about Markel, talking about uh, Wendell, Wendell, 27 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, three steals, two blocks, 57 percent from the floor, four of eight from the three point line. And Markel with a career high, 28 points, 10 of 17, good for 58 percent from the floor, one of two from behind the arc. Seven of eight from the free throw line, six rebounds, four assists, four steals, and a clutch block as well. Uh Cole Anthony was great. Franz was great. I mean, this was just a really, really fun game. No Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers, obviously, but we don't give sympathy to to teams for not having a, a full healthy roster. But for what was a, a rough week, Magic basketball, losing to the Spurs, losing to the Suns in the fashion that you did. For my soul, I really needed this win. And it was, it was one of the funner games that we've had since the All-Star break.
2: Yeah, I think the part about this game that impressed me the most, though, is just the terrible third quarter that this team had after outscoring the Clippers in the first half, being up by two, obviously, and being able to go from scoring 17 in the third quarter to scoring 39 in the fourth quarter. There's really impressive just composure all around from this team to just, I mean, assert themselves and assert their dominance in the fourth quarter in L.A. with a crowd like that. A lot of Magic fans, like you said, behind them, too. And I, it was like just an all around ridiculously fun game. You had a casual and normal 30 point game from Paul George. But outside of that, I think you did a relatively good job. You you held Zubats to 7 of 16 from the field, not taking a single three-pointer, obviously. I I mean, I what else are you going to ask for? He scores 16 on 16 shots as their big man. And just really nice to see the Magic step up from a rim protection standpoint when it comes to, to Zubats. Just it, it, very impressive. And I'm glad that we were able to see this down the stretch. Um, You know, I obviously we would have liked to two wins in a row here in L.A., but I was just happy to get one of them. And I think the Clippers are the are the better team. So I I was happy to see it come against the Clippers. It was a super impressive win all around.
1: I want to take this opportunity to have a short conversation about Markel Fultz. Mm-hmm. So Markel Fultz in this game, 28 points, yeah, six rebounds, four assists, four steals, a block. 10 of 17 from the floor again, 58%. And Markel Fultz's last 15 games now, he's averaging 17.3 points, 6.3 assists, 4.8 rebounds, shooting 52% from the floor, 33 percent from the three point line, 87% from the free throw line. I don't know why, Luke, but I kind of and, and not to not to discredit Markel or like what he's capable of, but so many times the last couple of years, I'm like Markel Fultz is so good. And, and for a a solid part of of this season as well, looking at Markel's stats on the season, 14.1 points per game, uh, 4.1 rebounds, 5.6 assists averaging 51% from the floor, 30% from the three point line. I feel like until this last stretch that he's been having, Far too many times you look up and Markel has like 12 points in a game or 13 points in a game. And I'm always like, why is that? Like, is he just not aggressive enough? He's not getting enough shot attempts, not really looking enough for his own offense. But as we look at the stats the last 15 games, when you look at him again, 17 points, six rebounds, almost, I'm sorry, six assists, five rebounds. I'm not shocked at all. And there's like this conversation going around like magic circles and like magic fan circles in terms of like, what is Markel's ceiling now? And and my opinion of Markel's ceiling hasn't really changed. Even though he's playing super well lately, it's almost like I'm not surprised that he's playing this well. Like we kind of always knew that he was capable of doing this, but I'm kind of wondering like what has been the like the shift in men, in mentality for Markel. He he's the best clutch scorer on the team, like by a wide margin. You know, just in terms of like you know points per minute and clutch situations and, and field goal percentage and effective field goal percentage in clutch situations this year. Down you know, down the stretch clutch situations, it's either Markel, Paolo, or Franz typically getting the the bulk of the shot attempts and clutch minutes. And those are both super young players, so you you would expect him to be more efficient than them. But it, I, I just like what can Markel become? Like we just saw, you know, before the the game tonight against the the Lakers, where you know twelve points tonight. This is kind of what, what I'm talking about. Like He'll have nights like this where it's just oh, Markel only had you know twelve points tonight, but it was you know what was it twenty five against the Suns, twenty eight against the Clippers. And he does it so effortlessly, so flawlessly, not taking a, a ton of threes, just kind of getting to his spots, doing the Markel things that we know he can do. And I, I'm just finding myself kind of reevaluating what is Markel's ceiling. Like, Can he be this 20-point-per-game scorer, but then in the makeup of this team, does that make sense for this team with Franz, with Palo? It probably doesn't, but it just feels like he's capable of that, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I'm my stance on, on Markel has really not wavered the last two two or so seasons. My stance and my opinion on Markel is that I think that he can be a good point guard in the league for a, a very long time. And that's that's what I think. And I, I still think that's the ceiling for Markel. i I, I think the lack of ability to shoot the three-point shot is going to hinder him for his whole career. And it's unfortunate that, you know, due to the, the nerve syndrome and all that kind of stuff that he had, that that is the reality. Because I don't know that he ever gets to, to what he obviously was. But in all other aspects, he's there. I, I genuinely think that he is where he was aside from perimeter shooting. His His IQ has never left. His ability to and as the game can and it's crazy to say, but like as the game continues to slow down for Markel Fultz, he's only going to put up more ridiculous numbers. And I think that he's never going to be the guy, but he's going to be the the guy that you trust down the stretch. You trust him to penetrate into the paint, make the right read and take it from there. So you trust him to penetrate, take the shot if it's there. You trust him to make the pass out to the perimeter you you trust him to just make all the right reads, and I think that's just what you need. We've talked about him in this light already, in terms of he's just like that calming presence that levels this team, that you know levels the head of this team, and can get everybody you know where they need to be. And that's why it really irritated me tonight when everybody was on his case about the foul with you know thirty some odd seconds left. Yes, was it a bad foul? Absolutely, but. I don't know. I, I didn't have a huge issue just because of what he was and has been, especially these last 15 games before Markel is overall. Like this team would be so much worse when we've seen it. This team isn't in the situation maybe tonight if it wasn't for Markel Fultz. Like there's, there's just things that he does that are don't show up on the stat sheet. We've talked talked about a lot. But yeah, man, I, I'm just never going to count Markel out. Um, And I, I think that it, it does make it Interesting moving forward. What are you going to do? I saw someone today. The dialogue's already started, Jonathan. I saw someone today on Twitter say something to the effect of, I don't know if Markel, if this is the Markel that we get, I don't know that this team takes scoot at the number two pick because of Markel. And I, I don't agree. But I, I think that just the, the dialogue's shifting around Markel, which is great. But like you said, and as I'm reiterating, I don't I don't think you and I's opinion really has changed we in terms of in the positive light we we both have said that we love Markel and he's just continuing to prove how valuable he is for this team and I'm excited to see what he can do and and hopefully he's a part of the future
1: speaking of being part of the future so Markel makes 16.5 million dollars this year uh he's guaranteed 2 million dollars for next year his 17 million dollars for the 2023-2024 season Becomes fully guaranteed on July 1st. And this offseason, Markel Fultz is going to be eligible for an extension. Mm. Regardless of who you draft, I don't care if somehow you end up with, you know, one and two. Like you, you draft, you know, Victor Wembanyama and you're able to trade up to two. Markel Fultz is not an asset that you can let walk, like for nothing at the end of next year. I don't think it's in the Magic's best interest to even let him get to free agency next year. I think the magic need to sign Markel to an extension this summer, like Mm. somewhere around like three years, $60 million is, is I'm going to ask you what you feel comfortable, but I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I mean, he's going to make $17 million next year. He's going to be looking for a, a pay increase now. Yes. He's missed time with injuries. He missed all of last year. Given where his like production level is, and the salary cap rising, I think he's going to be probably right around like that $20 million a year mark in free agency. And I just don't, I don't think you can afford to to lose Markel, you know, in free agency, you know, a, a year and a few months from now. So I expect the magic to try to sign him to an extension this summer.
2: Yeah. I don't think you can let this guy, I don't think you can let him go unless you are sure you have your point guard. I just feel
1: like, even if you're sure of that, it's just terrible asset management. Mm. You can't, you cannot let a player of of this caliber just walk. It, it would just, it would be general manager malpractice. Do you think if it's going to be you, like a sign and trade to facilitate him going elsewhere? I don't know what that looks like. I, I mean, if you were to make it to free agency, it would need to be a sign and trade. But if you sign him to the extension, then. You mm-hmm. you still hold on to that to that asset to move him when you're like, okay, Markel, we're not going to pay this guy $20 million to come off the bench, or maybe he's not interested in that role. Maybe at that time you feel like, hey, we have our, our point guard of the future, and then you're able to move him for other assets. But I just feel like you have to lock Markel up long-term this offseason.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think what it boils down to, obviously, as every decision does for this front office, is how do you value Markel Fultz? And also having a gauge on how everybody else in the league values Markel Fultz. I'm willing to say that nobody values him like the Magic do. Because the Magic have seen it. The Magic have worked with this guy day in and day out. They basically brought him out of a weird situation in Philly after him going through all that was patient with him and now are seeing the fruits of their labor. I think this is a moment where the magic can kind of let it all hang out and do that extension just because they say, this is our, this is a project we saw through. He's been super beneficial and I don't think it's time to move on from him. So I don't know what the answer is. I'm not a cap expert, but I do know that these salaries are going to rise uh, anyway. So 20 a year may not be all that similar or may, all, may not be all that different in the grand scheme of things than the you know, 16, 17 he's at right now. When push comes to shove, is it worth it? But you got a lot of things on the books that you've got to make decisions about. It's not on the books yet, but you got a lot of decisions to make with this team. And they're going to do it. You know those guys have all the spreadsheets in the world and all the programs in the world to help them figure out what, who needs to get signed for what and how they're going to make things fit in the next few years. A lot of guys that are end up going to end up getting one to get paid in this team. And you got to start making your decisions. So is Markel Fultz going to be one of them? I don't know. But I, I like I said, I'm not a cap guy, not a numbers guy, but I would like to see Markel Fultz on this team. If nothing else, be a veteran PG on this team moving forward, whether he's starting or not. But like you said, we'll see if he's interested.
1: Well, just to give some added context, like looking at some of the other point guard contracts around the league, in like the uh, average annual value, kind of in that ballpark of where Markel is, or or maybe would be. You've got Malcolm Brogdon making twenty two and a half million, Spencer Dinwiddie eighteen, Kevin Porter Jr. fifteen point eight, Dejounte Murray sixteen. Mike Conley twenty two, Derek White seventeen five, Colin Sexton seventeen point seven, Marcus Smart nineteen, Lonzo Ball twenty, Fred Fred Van Vliet, twenty one, Malcolm Brogdon twenty one, Kyle Lowry twenty eight, Terry Rozier twenty four. So I just that I got that number twenty million a year, just kind of what I would be willing to pay Markell before I even looked at some of these, and looking at those other contracts makes me even more comfortable signing Markel to like a three-year, $60 million extension. Uh, Maybe you even make it four years, $80 million, that fourth year being like a team option if you have to, if he wants a little bit more long-term security. And, I mean, maybe based off what you think of his health, maybe he's earned that, like a four-year deal. I really don't know, but I think the Magic definitely need to lock him up. And uh, just looking at some of the... Decisions, you know, they're going to have to make. Uh, Cole Anthony is also going to be eligible for a rookie extension. Uh, Chuma Okiki is going to be eligible for a rookie extension. Uh, Chuma Okiki or Chuma Okeke, good grief. It's been how many months now, and I'm still doing that? Chuma Okeke, you know, he's fallen completely out of the rotation, hasn't played regularly in weeks since coming back from the injury. I would not be surprised at all if the Magic try to trade him or move on from him this offseason. You've got Bull Bull, uh non guaranteed two point two million dollars. I, I would assume the Magic would pick up that option and you know keep him for another year or, or trade him, you know, if they need to. Uh you've got Moritz Wagner, who's gonna be an unrestricted uh free agent this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if if they decide to move on from him. So Sure, they they do have some decisions to to be made. I think they've already made their decision on Chuma Okk. Uh really it's it's Cole Anthony and I wouldn't totally be surprised uh if we didn't see an extension for Cole this season. Just kind of look, you had a really good second half of the year. Gonna have like one more prove it year and then you're going to hit restricted free agency. I I don't know. What do you think what do you think of Cole? Would you sign him to an extension? Would you play it out another year and See what happens in restricted free agency.
2: He's a tough one, man. I he's it's just not. I don't know. I because I saw him tonight, like closing out this game against the Lakers, which we'll talk about that game next. And he provided some great things. He did it in the Clippers game, right? Like he he's able to he's not shy to take the shot, but I just don't know if that means I want him taking the shot like I've seen him make it but I also just I'm not sure I'm not sold on Cole Anthony maybe this front office is not and, sold and on
1: Cole Anthony in like what regard like what context
2: I'm not sold on Cole Anthony <laughs> the way that he's probably sold on Cole Anthony if that makes any sense like I'm so not I sold
1: on Cole being a starter no
2: I'm not. I. What I about don't.
1: Cole Like in the six-man role that we've seen for That's most fine. of the season?
2: That is, that is fine. I just need to know that he is cool there, and I'm sure this front office will communicate that, whatever they think his role is, especially in this upcoming draft if you have two picks in the top 10 or if you have one in the top 10, one in the top 15. There's a chance that you're looking at some guards. And and I just don't know what that will mean for Cole Anthony. And and in return, I don't know what that means for Markel Fultz. I think that they're, you've got to make a decision for them based on what you want in this future for them. And I, I just don't know what this front office is going to want because there's a lot of ways they could go on draft night even. I've talked about this. Like You could package picks. You could package young guys and a pick or whatever. I just don't know what this plan is. And all these guys are just so freaking young that that it's really hard to tell what they're going to do. But for me, I let Cole prove it, fight it out for another year, and then see what he does next year. In a team that is even more crowded with young talent, it's going to be hard. And, and it might not be something he finds super desirable, but I, I don't know that this front office gives him another choice.
1: So the thing that we've been most critical of Cole is just the like the consistency. And I want to give credit where credit is due because the last 30 games, Cole has been very consistent, especially in this role, you know, coming in off the bench like this six man role. So last 30 games, Cole is averaging almost 13 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, three and a half assists, shooting 45 percent from the floor and 38 percent from the three point line basically 88% from the free throw line. Uh, What have I been talking about for two years? Cole Anthony, get close to 45% from the floor, and I'll be happy. I I can live with the rest of his game. And he has done that. And whenever I'm critical of, of a player or we're critical of a player, I want our, maybe not walking back, but like the praise needs to be as loud as the criticism. And Cole now has put together Basically, a third of a season of being perfect in that six-man role, coming in off the bench, giving you an offensive spark, and doing it moderately efficiently—forty-five percent, thirty-eight percent from a smaller guard—is fantastic. The like thirty-eight percent from the three-point line. I don't know what else you want Cole Anthony to do. We've talked about his defense; he at least competes on that end and tries to make life difficult for other guys. What he doesn't give you defensively, he makes up for in some regard like in rebounding the basketball yeah i'm probably right there with you probably play it out another year uh, just because it's going to save you some money in cap space and uh, but if he puts together you know 10 more games as we close out the season here and those numbers hold over the second half of the season he i'm feeling much more confident in what we've always said is that he needs to be first guy off the bench that kind of offensive spark plug. And we'll let then let's see what Cole Anthony can do, and I think he's proven that he's perfect for that role. And if he's willing yeah. to buy into that, then I'm good with Cole Anthony, you know, being like the six man long term. It just comes down to whether or not Cole Anthony is okay with that role and accepts that here in Orlando.
2: Yeah, we'll see what he decides. I don't know that I. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to decide on what I don't he wants, really know. But I I it's going to be interesting to see what what he does and it'll speak, you know, it'll we'll see. We'll see what what happens
1: with him. Before we get into this Lakers game, folks, I hope Sunday night when you sat down to watch this Lakers game, you had a nice hot Papa John's pie because don't forget the Magic One Saturday night. And every day following Magic Victories, you can get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. Only 10 games left, folks. It's going to be a long summer. Make sure these last 10 games you are taking advantage of that code the day after Magic Victories. Second night of a back-to-back, you had the early tip-off on Saturday against the Clippers, which was kind of nice, by the way, I must say. I guess the uh, Los Angeles Kings had a hockey game that night. So they went from like Clippers game to the Kings, and then next day had to get it ready for the Lakers. But second night of a back to back, we know the Magic have been atrocious in these all season. Uh, weren't atrocious, I would say, in this game uh, until the the last couple of minutes there. Uh, But again, you know, Magic get down big in the second half. Lakers' largest lead in this game was 16 points. The Magic. Bring it all the way back to tie the game in the final minutes. And we've kind of already talked at nauseum about that Austin Reeves foul uh, in the last minute there. And then uh, Markel Foltz a couple possessions later going for a steal a foul, which leads to more Los Angeles Lakers free throws. Just look at the free throw discrepancy. 17 for the Lakers, 18 for Austin Reeves, 32 for the Lakers, uh in whole uh 40% from the floor for the magic 46 for the Lakers magic shoot 26% from the three-point line. The Lakers at one point in the first half, like late in the first half were shooting like 60% from the three-point line cooled off in the second half, but they still shoot 40% from the three-point line in this. They out rebound the magic magic actually take pretty good care of the basketball, eight turnovers to LA's 15 but nine blocks for the Los Angeles Lakers, including four from Anthony Davis. With, like offensively, Anthony Davis wasn't that big of a factor. Uh, but defensively and on the glass, Anthony Davis really changed the game for the Lakers. You could really see it in the way the Magic were attacking the paint when he was in the game. And then like as soon as he went off the floor, the Magic were like, all right, it's it's feeding time. That's when they would start getting into the paint. The Magic. Uh, 52 points in the paint to Los Angeles is 38. Like, when you just start to look at the stats from this game, Magic take 102 field goal attempts to the Lakers 78. What was that? What did I say? 52 points in the paint. Mm. And the Magic get 17 free throw attempts in this game. The officiating was terrible, especially down the stretch, which is always, always frustrating. But, again, just look at... Lack of three point shooting. Anthony Davis was a, a big deterrent defensively. Uh, just a, a good defensive performance by the Lakers. And yeah, the Magic lose this one, Luke.
2: Austin Reeves is good. I understand he should. He's not good, have... but he ain't this good, man. He he got to the He's free not goal like that. He took he took advantage and he not only put up high volume points, he also had six assists. Um win and six rebounds. Not only did the, like, the Lakers had nothing going for them. You talked about AD on the offensive end. Nothing going. Whenever, Austin Reeves scores the last 10 points for the Lakers in this one. The Magic's defense, like you said, and highlighted in the clutch is is clearly terrible. And it was terrible tonight. Austin Reeves doing whatever he wants. And, um, just, it's just, it was frustrating and, and we've already highlighted the most frustrating parts of this game, but you know, Franz Wagner, 21 points on 23 shots, Paolo Bancaro, 21 on 20, um, Markel Fultz, 12 points on 12 shots, just not great when it comes to that Cole Anthony, 17, but on 15 shots, shoots five of 15 from the floor. Too often in this game, you settle. And um, you try to win the game with with one shot. You try to regain momentum with one shot. And they've talked about that ad nauseum as well. And we've talked about it. But they just continue to do it. It's just a desperation thing. And, you know, it is what it is. It's a back-to-back. It's a scheduled loss. You got a little bit of rest. More than usual with that afternoon game on Saturday. But... At the end of the day, you you only outscore them in the third quarter, and uh, that's not going to get it done in any in any aspect. And so it's just you know super disappointing, but at the same time, it is what it is, man. The, the Lakers are playing for a lot right now, trying scratching and clawing to stay afloat at this point while LeBron is about to come back.
1: Let's break up the negativity here with a, a spin of the old tankathon. So right now, uh, obviously the magic own the rights to Chicago's pick. Chicago has a 20.3% chance right now. Uh, they, they would get the ninth pick if everything kind of went chalk in terms of the lottery odds right now, but they have a 20.3 percent chance of jumping up into the top four, which at that point, the magic would lose that pick. Uh, the bulls have a four and a half chance, four and a half percent chance of getting the number one overall pick. And then the Magic, with their own pick right now, they're at fifth. They have a 42.1% chance of jumping up into the top four and a 10.5% chance of getting the number one overall pick. I'm going to go ahead and sim the lottery. And the Magic get the number one pick and the ninth pick. Let's freaking go. Beautiful. I think we did this like 20-something times last season. (laughs) Rarely ever got the number one overall pick. And like two out of five times that we've done this now, we've gotten the number one overall pick. That feels pretty good. I'll take it. That makes me happy. Yeah. Just remember, as frustrating as this has been this season, you got 10 more games, and then you don't have a great chance, but you have a chance to draft another generational talent in this year's draft. We didn't have a a great chance last year. You only had a 14.5% chance, and it hit. So just remember, folks, It's a small chance, but it is a chance. You have a basically one in ten chance of getting Victor Wembanyama or Scoot, you know Henderson, whoever you want at the top of the draft. Most likely Victor Wembanyama, but just remember that, folks. Luke, let's take a look at the week ahead. So on Tuesday, you're taking on the Washington Wizards at home. Thursday, you've got the Knicks coming to town. That game tips off at seven o'clock, and then Sunday. You are taking on the Brooklyn Nets. That game is going to tip off at six o'clock. Luke, what do you foresee happening this week whats what's the magics record this week
2: i'm I'm gonna go optimistic even though you have not beaten any of these teams right? Yeah, not beaten any of these teams. But you're getting a little boost this week, Jonathan. Because two of the three games are coming off back-to-backs. They play Miami the day before. I'm going to say the Magic go 2-1. With the wins coming later in the week. The Knicks on Thursday. And the Nets on Sunday. I'm saying they capitalize on the uh, old back-to-backs of Miami the day before. So. So I'm going two and
1: one. I like where your head is at. However, Kevin, let me know before we started recording this, that in terms of our predictions on the year, I'm down five to six with three weeks remaining. And I don't want to, I don't want to try to go for a a, a tie or I don't, I definitely don't want to lose. I want to try to win. I'm going to say one and two this week. You start the week with two losses, Washington and New York. And you get the win on Sunday against the Brooklyn Nets. Washington, I have no confidence in the Magic beating the Wizards just the way that the Wizards have absolutely beaten the crap out of the Magic this year. Mm -hmm. They're going to be desperate for a win. Uh, They need that win to try to get back into the play-in. But they haven't been playing great basketballs of late. Three and seven uh, lost their last two in a row. But they're definitely going to be looking to get back into the win column, and they desperately need that game. So I'm going to go one and two uh, with the, picking up the win Sunday against the Brooklyn Nets. Luke, it is almost 2 a.m. I am knackered, knackered. Yeah, we we've done this. The our our European uh, you know contingent of Magic fans really appreciated mm-hmm. me dropping that uh, you know a number of pods ago. But yeah, I'm very very <laughs> tired. We still got a lot of work to do editing this and and get it up and everything but
2: before we do that any last thoughts Mm, no let's uh continue to play compete close games let's close this season out let's wrap it up
1: for luke sylvia this has been jonathan osborne you guys have been listening to the six man show and we will catch you guys next time see ya Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoy the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go!